Are you seeing an efficient primary care? And when I say efficient with primary care, I'm saying, is their referral pattern one that still protects the health of the individual, but does so in a manner that is cost-effective and efficient? Today's guest is Jeremy Vesta, Chief Financial Officer at Curalee. With his background as an economist and a wealth of experience in business leadership, Jeremy is passionate about helping companies optimize their investment in their most valuable resource, their employees. He empowers businesses to create a thriving and productive workforce. In today's episode, he's going to share his insight on how to impact insurance expenses. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So you are passionate about uncovering and addressing the hidden costs of insurance. Can you tell us what those hidden costs are? Yeah, sure. And and when I think about costs, it's a little bit different because there's several ways when you're thinking about your healthcare benefits and the healthcare plan and those costs, how you can think about it. You can think about it in terms of unit cost. So what is the cost per that knee replacement or what is the cost per that provider visit? You can think in terms of episodic cost. So in terms of what was the cost over the entire incident? So if there was an emergency and somebody was hospitalized and dealing with an issue for a week, what was the total cost over that week? Or if somebody again had a knee replacement, you know, were there complications? You know, even though those are going to be coded in the system as kind of the same type of thing, you know, you really need to look at that entire period. That's called episodic cost. And then there's kind of another way to look at it, which is the utilization through provider referrals and things like that and analyzing the overall quality of the system. And I think the hidden costs are interesting in this industry because from my perspective as kind of an economics background, you have a very unusual product. You have the economic actor typically would be that person that pays for it. When you go to the store and you're buying a loaf of bread, you're making that decision. It's your money. You're spending that money. But there's a bit of a disconnect here. And so you've got an economic actor that's typically the company who's paying the lion's share of, let's say, the complicated medical costs. And you have the decision maker who's somewhat insulated from that economic signal, which is the patient, the individual who's consuming the healthcare. And so the hidden cost is that we've got this system that doesn't really send efficient signals back to the economic actors to say, oh, look, this knee replacement from this doctor is going to cost 150% on average of this knee replacement from this other doctor. And it doesn't understand the reasons why. There's not a lot of knowledge. It's a very opaque experience. And so we're all taking all of these as givens. And we're sitting here saying, how do we lower the cost? Well, most individuals are going to look at the unit cost and they're going to negotiate contracts to bring the unit costs down. And that has some impact at the margins. But what you're not getting to is the fact that should those costs be happening, are they happening in an appropriate manner? Are we going to even, let's call the primary care system out, are you seeing an efficient primary care? And when I say efficient with primary care, I'm saying is their referral pattern 
one that still protects the health of the individual, but does so in a manner that is cost effective and efficient. Meaning you're not having somebody that, you know, has a BMI of 45 or higher or something like that, that's going in for a knee replacement when that's clearly going to be a very complicated situation with probably a very poor result, regardless of who the surgeon is. Are they getting to centers of excellence, as we say? Or or is that provider referring to the most efficient oncologist in that area, for example? And so when when you're looking at these, you're saying, how do we navigate that? How do we discover what that is? And I think that's one of the major problems is that there's not the understanding between even the economic actor, but especially the person that's making the decision as to what the costs are, what they're going to be. Are they effective? Are they efficient? Is this something I should be incurring? There's really no knowledge around that. And so we're left as a society, as a, as a business that's providing, you know, needed healthcare benefits to their employees, trying to formulate a benefits plan that keeps people working for that company. You're not going to want to come in and say from an HR perspective, oh, you can't see this doctor because they may really, really like that doctor. So it's a very complicated situation. You ask kind of, how do you navigate that, right? From an HR perspective, we can't have those conversations. There's HIPAA compliance, there's other issues, but also it's a very offensive topic. You're not going to tell somebody you picked the wrong primary care because they're referring to X. I think what needs to evolve and is starting to evolve in some of the services we provide is an expertise in that area where somebody that is not part of the company, somebody impartial that can provide some expertise to the individual that's actually making the decision to help inform what they're doing, to help make sure that system's in place and to push them in a, let's say a very soft and caring manner in an authentic manner towards the right care, get them to make the right decisions on their own. And I think that's the major hidden cost is that we are missing who's actually driving the costs here. Aren't you going to make enemies, though, pointing out those hidden costs? <laughs> oh. uh, and it depends, right? So the the way we go about it, because we're not working on behalf of anybody else, we're hired by the company to provide services for that individual. We start by making a relationship. So the key is it's got to be authentic. And I think you find that throughout all your HR podcasts, all the topics you've dealt with, authenticity and humility is key, right? So it can't come from a place of, I'm trying to save money, you're making a bad decision. It has to come from a place of caring. It has to come from a place of, you are making a certain decision, you admittedly understand, and are probably a little bit afraid because you don't understand much about this system. You're making the best decision you can. And we are really supportive of that. Let us help you as the plan member make a better decision for your health. Let us help you make sure you're taking care of your health. We're not going to say, you know, you can't go see X, Y doc because you enjoy them. That's totally fine. But help you take control of that system yourself, demystify it and help you make a better decision. So Jeremy, how do you suggest business owners and HR professional should go about choosing benefit providers, and also the coverage provided. Yeah, I think it's really important. And this is becoming a trend, but it's only beginning. There has to be some quality metrics 
involves. If that means that you're going to push yourself into a narrower network, for example, it needs to happen with some sense of understanding of the quality that's happening. What is the average episodic cost, for example, of that orthopedic procedure? What are you getting? I mean, that data is all available. It's just not being provided to anybody that's, you know, any company that's signing up for a plan. They, they don't really have a lot of access to that, but it's there. It can be provided. Contracting those types of things, giving you some transparency into what the right decisions are in that area. Who's, who's the doctor, for example, that if you're the CEO of the hospital, and you have, you know, a spinal issue. Who's the doctor you're sending your mother to? Who's the doctor you're sending your kids to? Finding out that information. Um, and it's not to say that you're only going to see those doctors, but having that information can be very powerful. So I think contracting something that builds in the quality, that builds in some warranties. Let's talk about warranties. You know, if what's an acceptable failure rate or or let's not call it failure rate but complication rate for a certain procedure you know build some of those things in every that's every bit as important as your unit cost because everybody and their mother will come out with you know the next best insurance product that's going to save you x percent on your bills because it's going to lower the unit cost of x procedure but what if you're having 3x of those procedures at the end of the day, you're still spending a lot more money. What if the overall health of your population continues to deteriorate, which it has in the United States? It, it does every year and the utilization goes up. Well, I'm not actually controlling my costs. I'm just hitting at the margins and, and trying to reduce some of what I think I can control. I think having a better understanding of quality building and warranties can be very important. That may mean narrower networks doesn't have to mean narrower networks, especially depending on the size of the organization and, you know, the leverage they have over, over the healthcare in a certain region, but it's certainly a value, right? Working with what you can. So you suggest going beyond the benefit plan. And you said that sometimes standard coverage is not enough. Can you expand on that? I think that's a brilliant question um, because the issue here, like I say, I keep pointing to utilization. And what is utilization? Utilization means we have an unhealthy population. And everybody's got an, a wellness program. Everybody has some of those approaches, but they don't, they're not achieving results, not in mass. You're not seeing healthcare utilization drop. You're seeing it increase year on year, pretty much in perpetuity. Well, the individuals that are driving your healthcare costs, they don't want to be driving your healthcare costs. They don't want to be unhealthy. They don't want to be at risk. They don't want their quality of life being impacted. But these are really complex situations, right? You're dealing with individuals that have collateral mental health problems. They have many comorbidities. They have uh, socioeconomic issues that they're dealing with all kinds of factors. It can even be part of the culture you have at work. You know, if you, as you've talked in other podcasts, if you're not creating that culture that kind of really, really brings people together, that can create stresses, which can lead to some of these health issues. So having somebody in your toolbox, and it can't be obviously directly from HR because there's conflicts of interest there, there's HIPAA compliance, there's other issues, but having expertise at your disposal 
that can work to develop relationships with individuals, that can gain their trust and help to work through the totality of that person before you ever begin to start to talk about their health is very important. Because once you generate that level of trust, once that person, that group, that expert becomes most trusted advisor of the people that are spending your healthcare dollars, then they have the opportunity to open up. Then you're you're treating that person as an individual in a very compassionate way, but you're also helping them navigate how do we take tomorrow and make it a little bit better, and then the next day and make that a little bit better and keep going until the person that clearly was never going to join a wellness program was always a problem, may have dropped their primary care. Their primary care may have dropped them and are at risk of spending a lot of dollars because they're dealing with, let's call it multiple chronic conditions. Some people will have hypertension, cardiac issues, diabetes, all at the same time, getting them to realize I can take control and I have some control, getting them some therapeutic health for some of the mental health issues they have, helping them get past some of those barriers, checking in on the coordination of care. All of a sudden, healthcare and that entire system becomes accessible to them. It becomes demystified. They feel empowered and they want to be better. They just didn't know they could get there. I think that's the trouble because we're businesses. That's not our core, right? Our core is to create a product, create a service and provide a solid place where these people can be meaningful. Mm -hmm. But we don't have the expertise in our businesses to advise in this area. And I think I think it's incumbent on businesses to seek out that expertise because, as you can tell, from an employee retention perspective, from a productivity perspective, changing these people's lives, and we've seen it in our business, we've seen it in the things we do, it can totally alter the path of an individual that was headed towards chronic absenteeism, having significant issues, being out of work for a long time, workers' comp issues, all kinds of things, to being there every day, being a positive influence on your culture, and being able to tell a story that the company helped me change my life. And I think that's super powerful. Health insurance plans are one of the most attractive benefits that employees can get these days. In fact, some employees will take a job unless there's an, an offer for healthcare insurance. How do you see healthcare insurance plans evolve over the next five to 10 years from now? I think for sure there's going to be a narrowing of networks. I think that's just a necessity. You're starting to see some of that already happen, especially larger organizations are, are going to choose to leverage their size. Uh, what they can bring to the table for a certain hospital system in order to narrow the network. And it's just basically, it's a fait accompli. I know you all want to pick your own doctors and all these things, but this is the only way we can get these out of control costs somewhat under control. And it helps us keep your deductibles under control. It helps us keep the percentage of the plan costs that we're placing on as a burden on you to a minimum. This is helping us provide a better benefit. So I think there's going to be a narrowing of networks. And I think, and I'm hoping, but I also think there's going to be a push to what I said earlier, a push for a greater knowledge of the quality metrics. There's going to be large organizations that are going to be asking these insurance companies for the data they already have 
to be able to make better decisions, to be able to rank, you know, provide us a list. Who are who are the most efficient orthopods? We want to be able to provide our employees and our plan members with a list so they can make a decision. Help us get information so we can make this totally opaque system a little less opaque. I think as healthcare costs have increased as a percentage of what you're providing your employees and a percentage of the overall cost of businesses, it's becoming significant now where they're going to demand more transparency from these insurance companies and from the TPAs, and they're going to demand some insights to help them. And I think that's a really good thing because that information, you know, certainly from a, from a service like I provide, beautiful information for us to have. And we'll, by the way, we'll help you facilitate moving people to those doctors in a manner that's, that's totally non-disruptive in a manner that's accepted by the employee or the participant um, and makes them happy. But also if you're in HR, you have the door opened a little bit. And when people come to you for questions, you've actually got legitimate resources. You can provide them legitimate information for those that are curious to say, yeah, I do know who the top three orthopedic surgeons in, you know, such and such a region are. And I'd be happy to get you a referral. And oh, by the way, here's a concierge line where we can help get you scheduled. I think those types of things are going to become more common. And I think that's really actually pretty exciting in an environment where people look at insurance costs and healthcare benefit costs. And it's just kind of a, always a negative every year. It's a question of how much is it going up this year? You don't see any progress in the direction of a more socialized healthcare. And I'm not suggesting it to be as sophisticated as it is in Canada sure. or, or European countries. You know, I'm thinking of the Gen Z generations who are tend to push the envelope a little further sure. than previous generations. Do you see their influence, their power perhaps in making some of those changes via political venues, evidently? Actually, that's interesting. I operate another business that's in Canada, uh, so I have some experience there. And I think that's definitely a possibility. It's not necessarily one that I would recommend. And for one major reason, I think, again, from an economics perspective, you can't avoid the costs, right? They have to go somewhere. And when you get into a situation, the one thing I'm noticing specifically up in Canada right now, and I'm hearing about it in the UK, is I can't find a primary care. I just can't find a primary care. And I can't find this doctor. We've had individuals that worked for us that have had to wait you know, six to nine months for knee surgery that's debilitating. Yeah. Um, so it, the question is, is not dollars. Don't think in terms of dollars, but think in terms of the overall cost. And we may be headed down that path, but there will be an unintended cost, which is all of a sudden, those of us in the States that were used to being able to schedule your knee replacement in a week or two, now you're having to look farther out and deal with the pain for a lot longer. If you have, I saw a recent chart where you look at the mortality rates among certain cancers. And because of the delayed time to get to the diagnosis, for instance, in a, in a place like Canada, those mortality rates are significantly higher. You're not catching things as quickly. Whereas mm -hmm. in, in the US, um, I, I know somebody personally who, you know, the minute he has a complication or anything, he can call a nurse and he'll be in with the doctor in about, you know, three to four hours. And he's the head of oncology down in Denver. So it's a different system. 
it may not cost dollar wise as much. And I think, I think there will be, to your point, I think there will be a push from the rising costs within our society towards that model. I guess I would just caution everybody to really think about all of the externalities that are there and really capture the overall cost. What does that actually mean for your society? It still may be the decision and they might be perfectly acceptable to move to that system. But having that understanding before switching to that system, I think is important because you could end up, you know, buying into a system as as a society that you still think you're going to be able to see, you know, your primary care doctor for a cold within a day or two. And you find out that that's not necessarily the case. And oh, by the way, you're not finding the primary care. There's a shortage of doctors. And maybe there will be two levels of healthcare. Yeah, and, and that's that's definitely an option as well, and and that's unfortunate too because as as you know, then you're dealing with uh, further stratification of society and the haves and have-nots, and I, I I don't personally, you know, my personal bent, I don't particularly like that. I mean, the part of what we do in providing services for a company is we're we're blind to that, and we get the opportunity to really impact people's lives throughout the entire spectrum, all for one cost. I like that as an answer where I'm going to help make you healthier and drive down less of a burden on the medical system rather than say, oh, the only option is I'm going to have to have the government or some other entity take over this entire thing. And I'm as a leader of the business, I'm just going to go buy another plan that's going to supplement it. I appreciate all of your insights on, on this important topic, Jeremy. Thank you so much. No, appreciate the forum and really enjoyed my time. Support for this show comes from Western Carolina University, a campus of the University of North Carolina System, with the technical assistance of Kelly Minnis.